Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on cool. Me too. You're doing great. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. Is it my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Grab life big. All right, Go Bros. Welcome to the Go Bro Room. I got Mr. Jeff Brown, San either Diego or Frisco. I can't fucking remember, but he's somewhere in California, a busy city, and uh, he is in the Go Bro Room getting ready to share some goods. What's up, Jeff? Not much. How are you? And I am from San Diego. Uh, yeah, so why don't you tell everybody about yourself, Jeff, so they could get to know you better, like a five-minute story of the day you were born until today. All right. I was born in the summer of uh, 1951 to a preacher and his uh, wife, stay-at-home wife. Grew up in uh, Southern California my whole life. Went to uh, move down to live with my father uh, just before I turned 16 down in San Diego. He was a a real estate uh, house sales brokerage owner. I I caught into that kind of uh, life and uh, did that for seven years. Was a uh, opened up my own investment uh, brokerage uh, seven years after being in the house business because of another woman told me they weren't going to offer on the house because the color scheme on the inside was wrong. I was going to be on the eleven o'clock news. I uh, I'm very sports oriented. Uh, in my early life, I was a competitive bodybuilder. I've run several marathons. Thank Lord I got that out of my system. I'm a retired uh, Division One and postseason baseball umpire for the NCAA. I still miss that, but time just got out of hand and I couldn't do it anymore. I've owned uh, my own brokerage now for 40 years and do business all over the country. I specialize in real estate investing and notes retirement planning, so to speak. I kind of morphed into that. I've had CCIM training from beginning to end, although I never got the designation. I just enjoy life. Married to uh, my second wife for 14 years in a month or two and enjoying everything that happens with uh, with her. She's a uh, She's an angel that came into my life at the perfect time. Uh, I'm 66 years old, and uh, the most important thing to me are my spiritual beliefs, my core beliefs that flow down from those beliefs, and the good old school work ethic. And that's pretty much who I am. Beautiful. You got kids? I got a boy and a girl, in both in their 30s. My daughter's got a degree in uh, child care, though she stays home now with hers. My son is now third generation in the business. And fortunately for clients down the road, he's smarter than his dad and uh, got a granddaughter. And my son is getting married uh, later this month in Hawaii. Wow, like a destination wedding? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Is he marrying a Hawaiian chick or is he is he just going? No, there? that you know that's what 
you know, she's actually she's actually uh, half Filipina, and um, and I thought, well, that was they're going there because it's closer to the Philippines, but that was wrong too. She doesn't have any relatives that she even knows there. They just wanted to do it there, and I think what they did was. If, if it's going to cost a lot of money, why don't we have fewer people there, but a better time? There you go. Hey, 80, <laughs> 20 rule, they, right? Where we're right. Exactly. All right. Let's get into some nitty gritty here. What percentager are you, Jeff? A hundred. That's nice and easy. Awesome. So how much is, how much would you say your horizontal income is now coming sideways from your investments? Oh, in the ballpark right now, uh, just over six figures. Yearly, you mean? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, man, if you're spending a hundred grand a month, you're living a hell of a life out there. So, okay, cool. So, about ten grand a month you spend personally, which is, you know, you don't have any kids in the house, right? Everybody's grown, so it's just you and your wife. Ten grand a month is probably about right, and then horizontally. So, let's talk about where it's coming from. Where, where does your horizontal income come from? Not the income you trade time for money for, but the stuff that's coming in horizontally. Well, it's real estate, no and the business income that I don't I don't even it's almost like residual income I uh, I got rid of all my long-term investment real estate just after the turn of the century because it didn't matter to me anymore so it's all notes both performing and non-performing now and other things I do developing some dirt here and there and things like that uh, non-performing notes are a big income source because it's so easy to do and my team does most of the work I take most of the credit I gotta admit that so Tell me about that. Let's let's talk about that. Explain like a third grader can understand how somebody invests in, in non-performing notes. How do you do it? What does your team do? And uh, what does it pay you? Well, I'll give you a, a real life example. I bought a note. I think it was called Paintsville. Kentucky. You can't make that name up. And it was a non-performing note with a balance of about thirty-six-five. And I paid eighteen thousand for it. I was I was able to get ownership of it very quickly through foreclosure because it was a first position land contract, not actually a note. And I was about to flip it because my team on the ground said that if I did all the things right and everything, the money was right to spend another few months doing that. Uh, we started to get bids and then I get a call on Monday morning saying that, hey, we need to stop because during the weekend, they found out that a generation's old family business had closed their doors on Friday and they had had just over 40 full-time employees, which you wouldn't think would matter much except for the town itself, counting dogs and cats, had almost 4,000 people on. And uh, so me being chicken little, I just said, okay, call up the flippers that get bugging us and find the one that's the most motivated and sell it. And we did. And in about 108 days, I turned 18,000. I actually added another thousand to clean it up of debris inside now. But for 19, I turned 19,000 into 30,000 in about, I think it was 108 days. Sweet. Um, Where are you finding yeah, that happened? I might, you know, first of all, you got to be in business for over 40 years. So you just know a lot of people, <laughs> you know, people think you're smarter than you are. It's just that you've outlasted folks. I just know a lot of people. And so if you use the six degrees of separation, I cannot underline this enough is that you find out, you know, folks, you didn't know you knew if you just paid attention. And so I'm able to acquire notes and land contracts from places like, say, hedge funds. Hmm. that I had no clue that I was connected with. 
I just had to pay attention. And my team should get credit for that because they told me that's what I needed to do. And that's what I did. And then my team, wherever we buy them, uh, they're mostly found in the Midwest and the South that I like anyway. And then my team reaches out and we get a boots on the ground team formed and, and we're told, you know, what's what? Should we flip it real fast to a local guy that flips himself and just make a quick profit? Or do we take another few months and actually do the work ourselves? And how many are you doing of these a month? Oh, I don't do a lot a month. I, I would I would say this calendar year, we probably did something around 15, 18, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, two a month. Because, you know, most of my time and my team's time is spent on other things. Like what? It's kind of like keeping the business going and keeping uh, my investment groups going, et cetera, et cetera. What does that mean? So the business going is what? Is a real estate brokerage? Yeah, it's a real estate brokerage, but I don't do any business in my hometown in San Diego. I don't do business on the West Coast for that matter because I think the prices are silly and they just don't make sense. So where do you do so it? I do it. I've done it in Arizona, Idaho, Colorado. You got to get licensed um, and all. There's got to get a broker's license in all those states. Well, that's one thing you could do for sure. Uh, what I do is I just put a broker there on my team. And then where are you getting the business from? Mostly, it's from my own writing. I've been writing online for you know, since the middle of 2006, and later on, those posts turned into videos and podcasts. Just where about I, what? I tell people about how to invest, all the principles investing in investing the nuts and bolts of what happens, you'd be amazed what people think is real and what, and what they just don't understand. So like how many um, YouTube followers do you have? You know, I don't know. My team does that. Mostly people just come to my site. What's the name of your I, site? I know I have a YouTube account, but I don't, my site is baldguy.com, but you put a W after the A in bald. Baldguy.com. <laughs> awesome. All right. So let's get into some health uh, related uh, issues because we're, you know, abundance is all about, uh, you know, making horizontal income and health. How much do you weigh? I weigh 178 pounds. How much do you want to weigh? That's about right. I could probably lose maybe three or four pounds. But at 66, it gets a little harder. But, but I, you know, I work out. I have a gym at home. What and, do you do uh, when you go to the gym? I lift heavy on uh, Mondays and Fridays. I, I go kind of CrossFit on myself on Wednesdays. And then uh, the rest of the days, Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays, and sometimes on heavy days, I go out walking at a pretty good pace just to keep that going. All right. So let's define some of this. So define lift heavy. Like how long are you in the gym? What exactly are you doing? So tomorrow I'll do a military press, which is the old the sit down shoulder press. And I'll do, let's see, squats. And it'll, uh, I'll do in military press, I'll do five sets of five with three minutes rest in between of uh, 230 pounds tomorrow. In squats, I'm not nearly as strong. I'll do um, somewhere around 215, five sets of five. The other day, heavy day, uh, I do three sets of deadlift and I do uh, five sets of five bench press. You know, bench press, I'm up to around 295 now. Nice. Um, well, this workout has been too effective. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, I found, I never thought I'd say this. I mean, I, like I said, I competed bodybuilding when, as a young man and the, I've, I've worked out every kind of, of regimen you can, you can possibly contemplate. And 
I five sets of five one time a week per body uh, part is uh, so effective at five eight 178 pounds and 66 years old to be doing 295 on the bench press is just getting to be too much. I can do it, but it like saps your soul. <laughs> you mean you're just sore afterwards, right? No, not sore at all. It's just scary at times. And now I have a Smith machine in my house, if you know what that is. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I got a Smith machine in my house. So it's like having a spotter. Right. So it snaps your soul. What do you mean by that? That's probably a little dramatic. It just, uh, when you're done, you're done for the rest of the day. It's taken so much out of you because imagine, I'm a little guy. Imagine pushing five sets of five at 295 on the bench. Yeah, right. You know, when I was 35, it might have been a different deal, but not. So I'm, I'm, I'm what I'm doing is two, I'm- Five um, sets of five. Two, okay, let me, let me, let me visualize this. So- the bench bar's what forty five pounds, and and then you put ninety and ninety. Uh, yeah, so I got I got so two, doing two big plates on it. Yeah, two forty fives on each. By the time I got two forty fives, I'm still warming up, and then I I move it up to where it's like last week it was two ninety. Every week you move up five pounds, and I swear the last six weeks, Pat, I just know in my heart that I'm not going to be able to do all five sets and whatever exercise because the last week was such a struggle but i again the the, the workout regimen itself is so effective that yeah, so you're you're really doing, i do it you're the shit man you're doing 245s and a 25 almost right i'm visualizing uh, this two, bench. well 245s is uh two and a quarter yeah and this and to, and monday i will add 235s and that'll be exactly 295 wow that's crazy, man. That's awesome. It is. That, that's my point. That's my point. Yeah. It, so people it, probably it really look is. at you in the gym and say, damn. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, my, my gym is my living room. I have the best wife in the, in the known free world who said, look, at, we know you're, we're never going to use the living room, so go ahead and build your gym in there. Yeah, of course. I love that. I love that. Okay. And then you say you do a CrossFit type workout, so define that. All right. So one of them is, you know, I'll grab a couple of dumbbells. And I'll, I'll walk at a brisk pace for 200 meters and, and rest. What's 200 for meters? For, give that in feet. Yeah. A little over about two and an eighth football fields, give or take. All right. So you walk two football fields. You're not lunging, right? You're just walking. No, just walking. Walking, walking. with dumbbells. Not strolling, walking. With carrying the dumbbells. Okay. And, uh, and then, I'll, then, you know, you rest for, uh, I, think, I think it's, somewhere between one and three minutes and you do it again. And then when you're done with that, you come in and either do uh, three sets of pull-ups or three sets of chin-ups and, and to uh, exhaustion and then you're done. Okay. But you are done. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> in more ways than one, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know, we, I spend my life training and working out and doing yoga and stuff and it, and it hurts so much afterwards. And it's like, why do I even do this? But I couldn't, I can't not, you know what I mean? I think after a certain amount of years of doing it, you have to, you know, you have to constantly oh, want to hurt. I feel you. Yeah. 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 And I, and that's the thing is with, with bodybuilding outside of, unless you laid off for a way long time, I don't get sore. I get tired, hmm. but I, but I don't get sore. All right. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump into the pillars. The pillars of GoBundance, Jeff, are horizontal income, which you have, extreme accountability, each other accountable, age-defying health, which I think 
you certainly got age-defying health, genuine contribution, which is you know giving back, uh, bucket list adventures, doing epic stuff, and relationships, long-lasting relationships. Which one of these are you worst at? Huh. Probably bucket list stuff because my bucket list stuff, I don't have any need to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Okay. Um, I don't look poorly on people who do. I love it. I encourage it. Uh, I just have other things that I would rather do that are less adrenaline pumping. Like what? Um, oh, I, I, love, I love, for instance, um, going to uh, baseball games that matter, having been an umpire. Like World Series? Uh, Playoff games? Name something. Yeah. Yeah, anything like that. You know, when you've umpired the plate in a Division One postseason college game, you want to talk about adrenaline. You want to talk about being in the thick of things. There's not a lot of guys that can do that. Everybody thinks they can, right? It's like we were talking with bodybuilding. A lot of people think that they can work up to get a certain amount of strength. And the fact is they do have the potential, but so few do. And we yeah. both know why. And uh, it's the same thing that I have for my, my adventures is to go, go to places and relax. You know, hiking is about the, the only thing right now that in, in some foreign land that would interest me. I'm not interested in kayaking and, you know, five-star rapids or whatever they call them. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not into that. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. Have you ever? And sometimes, go ahead. Have you ever gotten in a physical fight with a coach? No. Never? Not a coach. You know, what, what a fan or what? Uh, no, I was uh, on the field one time in a junior college game. And uh, bottom line, a fan didn't like a call. And the head coach of the college team, the call went against, actually told the guy to shut up that I got it right. <laughs> and uh, the guy said, yeah, we'll see him after the game. And I took my mask off, walked over to where he was standing. I said, no, we don't have to wait. We can do this right now, big guy. And uh, all of a sudden, his wife grabbed him and said, that's enough. <laughs> and uh, that's the closest I've ever gotten because I'm not one of those little – that's the usually umpires bring that on themselves what happens is they they act like little napoleons right and there's no reason to act that way pat because when you're on the field especially when you're the chief umpire of that game you literally have all the power period you could say black is white and that's just the way it is so mm -hmm. there's no reason to puff up like a big dictator and say this is the way it's going to be you just call the best game you can and and the respect you get comes from the fact that you're leaving your ego out of it, that you're trying to get the calls right. Everybody misses calls. I've, I've made calls and people went insane. And it was because maybe I didn't have the best view, you know, a, a runner maybe got in the way or a fielder. And I thought I saw what I saw, but it wasn't right. And I've immediately, I always went to my, my partner closest to the play, said, hey man, what happened? He said, no, you missed it, here's what happened. And then uh, they give the call back to me, and, and I say, yeah, that's right, I, and I reverse my call. Once I got known for that and the fact that I was uh, very slow to be any kind of heated whatsoever, I was actually in my rookie year on the list of five head coaches to, that they wanted me as one of the umpires in the postseason. Hmm. Now, are you still doing that? No, no, but I, and I, man, I, I miss it like sex. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, well, why not? What, uh, what's holding you back? Is it? Well, it's it's a time thing, uh, and I'll tell you what happened in '99 uh, or 2000. Uh, I came. I, I showed up in the morning for work, and my team 
at the time was waiting for me. And they started getting really sarcastic about, well, where did you spend that $105 all in one spot you got yesterday doing that afternoon game? And so they were trying to tell me that, you know, they're having to do everything without me there. Oh, and I was, oh yeah. And, you know, they were nice, but the bottom line is this. They made it very clear that it was starting to get into the arena where it was going to affect negatively the business. Mm, okay. And uh, so I, I had to, I, had, I, I finished out that season and it killed me, but I had to stop. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, they'd probably be more accepting of it today because, you know, now, you know, you could tell your team, hey, this is America, not Russia. You know, the whole idea is to leverage yourself. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Here, and you know what? You're, you're exactly right. And here's, here's the box I put myself in. Although I have a world-class team, nobody deserves the team I have. These guys make me look so good, it's pathetic. But there are, there's about 5 to 10% of the things that are, are done in what I do that only I can do, period. Nobody on my team has my experience. Yeah. They have a lot of experience. But they, they, can't, they simply don't know. Hmm. And so I, I'm the guy that has to do that. And so that's what, that's what 90% of my time is spent doing now, only stuff that Jeff can do. Yeah. And that's where my team is just so. It's productive. My team is priceless. Yeah, I mean. That's awesome. Well, listen, Jeff, this has been a great interview here, getting to know you. Uh, look forward to meeting you. You plan on coming to uh, Steamboat Springs in January? I don't know yet. I know that my, my team, that my aforementioned priceless team, has been pounding me like a 16-penny nail. They want me to take my, I hate this phrase, we need to take the company to the next level. Well, I'm happy with this level. <laughs> <laughs> Such a cliche. And it is. It is. And uh, I, I have no, no need or desire to be Gates or Buffett, okay? Well, tell them, yeah, tell and, them look, uh, take it to the next level, and I'll give you 50% of the profit between this level and next level, but I don't want to do... I don't want to do anything. Yeah, yeah, that ain't going to happen. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? The, uh, but what, so what I did was I told my, my virtual CEO, I said, okay, you find a marketing company. They're going to do all the bells and whistles. You tell me where to go, where to stand, what to say. Okay, we'll do that, and I'll give it 2018, and that's it. Mm. And so that's what they've been doing, and uh, the marketing company they hired, Apparently, I'm the smallest company they've ever taken on, and uh, I don't know to be happy or sad by that. Right. <laughs> from that, we'll see where it goes, right, with your income next year. I agree. Yep. Awesome, buddy. Well, I hope you can make it out there. Uh, be good to uh, break some bread with you face to face. If not, I'll see you at one of the future uh, Go Abundance events. You bet, Pat. I really appreciate it. Have a good day, buddy. You too. Bye bye. Grab life big.